Grief is like the ocean. It comes in waves, ebbing and flowing. Sometimes the water is calm. Sometimes it is overwhelming. All we can do is learn to swim. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shout. You can subscribe to the show on all of the major social networks, including Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can also subscribe anywhere podcasts are distributed. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. This show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now for this limited time offer for my listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org. Grief is like the ocean. It comes in waves, ebbing and flowing. Sometimes the water is calm, and sometimes it is overwhelming. All we can do is learn to swim. Suffering, depression, loss, the breakup of a relationship, the death of a loved one. Overcoming grief and discussing how we can cope and deal with grief, that's going to be the topic of today's episode. Depending on who you are and where you're coming from, we will all experience grief at some point in our lives. Something's going to happen. And it's going to cause us to experience an immense loss. Now, grief is not reserved just for somebody passing away. That's the most obvious form. You know, when somebody close to us dies that's the most obvious form of grief the less obvious form which i like to talk about pretty regularly on the show is when you actually lose something in which you have an intimate tie to that can be your job it could be a relationship it could be a friendship it could be A home, you know, you could just lose a home. I like to describe grief as the the loss of anything in which we depend on foundationally. You know, something we've come to depend on in terms of our day in and day out stability. You know, when something that we, we really depend on and need is no longer there, you know, we all have to experience this kind of loss. And then we go through this process of grief, and and we will talk about briefly the five stages of grief as well. But I want you to think about something in your life that uh, you may be in the process of of losing, or it may no longer be there when it was always there for you. Or think about something that, if you're not currently going through it, something in the past. And then... One thing, one thing we can really do is we can start to kind of observe our emotions and how we deal with grief. Because I think grief is a very personal experience for, for most people. You know, they, we don't really even know how we are going to experience this ebbing and flowing, the waves of emotions that come with a loss. We don't really know what our lives are going to look like when the water is calm and, and or when it's overwhelming. And so if we are experiencing a loss of some kind, really all we can start to do is observe 
So hopefully we can begin to understand ourselves better and how we deal with a loss. And so, yeah, so let's try to think about that today. Try to think about something you depend on that you may have lost in the past or you may currently be going through. So the first thing we do, and I don't know if you're like me, is we go through these five stages of grief. I shouldn't say the first thing, but what we do is we kind of flow between these these stages at different varying times. So I'm going to talk about, you know, experiencing the loss of uh, of a relationship because this there's a I had a pretty long term relationship when I was younger, and it was probably one of my more significant losses. Um, I also experienced um, the death of a loved one. But what what we do is we go through things like denial. And, and denial is basically just not being willing to admit that we're going through something or just refusing to admit something is, has ended. You know, and so we may deny the fact that we are actually going through anything. Another one is anger. Anger is a big one, you know, uh, especially if you've experienced a sudden loss. It's completely normal to get furious and anger and disappointed at, at the current situation that you're in. And anger is also kind of like that byproduct of not being in control. Like a lot of the times when we lose something that's close to us, we lose our illusion of control over it. You know, we we liked to believe that we had full control over whatever it is that was part of our life. And then we get angry because it, 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 we, first of all, we didn't really have control over it. Like we don't have control over whether people live or die. We don't always have control over every relationship we have. A lot of external factors come into play and it's generally complicated. You know, when you lose a friendship or a relationship or, or a job, you know, it's not always on our end. So it's really easy to get angry, you know, at the world and everything that's happening to us. So that makes perfect sense. Bargaining. Bargaining is like that rationalization process. You're like, oh, no, it's not so bad. You know, it's it's not going to be, you know, maybe if I just do this, it'll help me feel better. You know, so it's kind of like that avoidance part where when we we don't want to deal with the pain. And so instead we, we kind of just fill that void with something else, you know, whether we turn to drinking or smoking or, you know, maybe people will turn into a temporary relationship. You know, that's a big one with relationships. They call them, you know, like you go through a rebound phase where you're rebounding from an intimate relationship. That's like that bargaining is, you know, rather than facing the reality of our emotions, we find something else to give us comfort. And then the fourth stage is depression. You know, when it's kind of settled in and we've come to terms with the reality of our situation and then we're just sad. You know, we actually go through this horrible, overwhelming sense of emotion and we've kind of come to terms with the reality that whatever's happening to us, we don't have any control over and and that's it just can make us sad. It makes us not want to live. It can make us want to sleep all day. 
And then finally, acceptance. So hopefully, as we've gone through all of these stages, you know, we've gone through the denial and the anger and the bargaining and depression. We do eventually get to a stage of acceptance. Now, I think a mistake that a lot of people make is they assume that these all happen in order, and they really don't. You know, when I've experienced an immense loss in my life, going through denial and anger and bargaining and depression, like I, I, I bounce between these. You know, I doubt I bounce between the denial and anger and then bargaining and then denial again and then depression and then denial again and then anger and then bargaining and then acceptance for a little while. And then I'm back to bargaining. (laughs) So there really is no straight line to navigating our own grief. You know, all we can really do is we can journal. Journaling is a big one. You know, when you're going through a loss. You know, and kind of sitting down and writing out the emotions you're feeling that day. And, and you don't deny those emotions. There's, there's, there's no wrong emotions to have when you're, when you're going through something. Arguably, there's never really wrong emotions to begin with. We just interpret them wrong. Our emotions are what they are, you know. Whether we're in control of them or not, that could be a bad or good thing. But denying our emotions is, is like the wrong approach because they they are there and if we deny something we just repress it right we just push it deep down we bury it so that we don't have to deal with those emotions so that's the unhealthy approach so journaling is immensely helpful with this so if you can just write out you know write out what it is that you're feeling and experiencing emotionally as you go through this process and if you're wondering what that process might look like i actually have a recommended book but first It's that time. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading, but you don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show, for a limited time, my listeners get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing right now and take advantage of this free 30-day trial. That's right. For 30 days, you'll get full access to the Audible Premium Plus catalog as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. So pause this podcast and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org and sign up right now. So a, a perfect example of what this journaling might look like is A Grief Observed. And this is, this is a book by C.S. Lewis, and he wrote it when his wife passed away. And in the book, he documents the wide array of and range of emotions he goes through as he struggles with the loss. And one of my favorite things about the book is that, first of all, Lewis is a particularly poetic writer. And so one thing that he does, and I don't think he necessarily does it on purpose, is just by nature of how he writes, is he, he communicates his emotions really effectively. And in a lot of us, we don't really know how to write that stuff down. Like we don't know how to communicate our emotions because first of all, we may never have actually communicated our emotions. And then second of all, we don't know the right words. 
you know, to describe the pain we're experiencing. And so that's a great book in no matter what your loss is that you're going through. Like, uh, it's a great book that kind of will help us put words to the pain. Because really, that's what we're experiencing is we're experiencing different levels of pain. And, and as we experience that pain, we go through this denial and anger, bargaining and depression and acceptance, hopefully. And and there's certain pages where he will just be viscerally angry about what has happened. Uh, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs in the Bible is another good example of this, of people who were enduring suffering and expressing that frustration and anger. And many times they were yelling at God, which is understandable when we're angry. You know, hopefully it doesn't turn into resentment. That's what we want to protect ourselves from. But there's nothing wrong with getting angry. There's nothing wrong with getting angry at God. I mean, he probably would expect it at this point. If you're not a religious person, that's fine too. Just get angry at the world. But find an outlet for it. You know, find a uh, find a way of writing down and kind of articulating the experiences that you're going through, and let those emotions flow. You know, like like the like the quote said, "Grief is like an ocean; it, it it'll come in waves, ebbing and flowing. And and sometimes the water is calm. You know, sometimes you you you're not experiencing that wide range of emotions, and everything seems fine. And then you feel guilty that you feel fine." <laughs> And then then sometimes it's overwhelming. Like you have no idea what to do with all of the emotions you're feeling. But but like he says at the end, all we can do is learn to swim, you know? And I I like that analogy of swimming because swimming implies that it's a process of growth. You know, when when we go through grief and we're experiencing grief, the ultimate goal shouldn't be to forget. Does that make sense? I mean, I think that's probably the single most important takeaway we can get from all of our suffering. Is, and a lot of people think that it's it's best just to forget, but that's not really what what the healthiest approach is to this, these grief issues. The, the goal shouldn't be to forget. I think no matter what, because we're we are in some ways maimed at that point. You know, we are. We've suffered a actual loss, like a part of us has, 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 has died. So the goal isn't to pretend and hope that at some point we won't have appreciated that thing and we will have just forgotten about it. But I don't think that's the right approach. I think the right approach is to learn to swim. You know, it's, it's to learn to accept that loss, to grow from it, to remember all of the best things that it gave us, to make it become a part of us. Now, these these stages of grief, we could spend, you know, initially, we there may be weeks in which we are just devastated and, and we're in denial and anger and bargaining and depression. There could be months initially when something like this happens, when we experience some kind of a deep loss. And the goal isn't to forget about it. The goal is to become better at experiencing those emotions. Because first of all, this isn't going to be the first time we experience a loss. There's going to be more loss and more disappointment and more suffering. It's going to happen. So all we can do is take that experience 
and learn to navigate those experiences in our life better. Because as, as we come to terms with how we deal with grief and loss, and, and we, we start to develop tools, hopefully healthy tools, you know, hopefully we don't turn to drinking and self-destructive methods. As we develop healthy tools, which is going to take time, we can then use those tools again in the future when another failure or disappointment or broken relationship or death or, or another loss occurs. Even better, if we have a friend or a loved one who starts to experience a loss or a death, we can hopefully be there for them and help them develop their own emotional tools. We can say, hey, you know what? This really worked for me. That's another great thing about that Grief Observed book is, is you do learn the emotional tools that helped him cope, that helped him deal. And writing was obviously his big one, right? <laughs> he was a writer. But I don't know what your healthy outlet is. I don't know if it's exercise. I don't know if it's writing. I don't know if it's talking to a friend. I don't know if it's artwork, you know, whatever helps you get those emotions out into the open and communicate them in a healthy and constructive way. These are the people who deal with pain the best, you know, as they found a, a, a healthy outlet for the suffering. They haven't denied the fact that the suffering exists. They don't repress it and bury it deep, deep down. You know, they, they find a way to deal with with the everyday. And like I said, as you learn to swim, just like if when you first jump into a pool, you can barely keep your head above water. You know, as you learn to swim, you'll get better at this. You'll you'll get better at experiencing these emotions and you'll get better at um using the tools when those emotions occur. And that that actually makes me want to segue here a little bit on on one of the main points I wanted to talk about with with grief and suffering is that there's a there's an entire group of people who have found a way to make suffering a way of life and the older i get the more i realize how strong and significant this approach to life is but also how nearly impossible it is it's very it's a very difficult approach to life it's a very few choose it and there's people like the David Gogginses of the world, the Jocko Willinks, the uh, the Elon Musks, the the people who literally are living sacrifices, where they walk into suffering because they see it as an acceptance or a or an opportunity for growth. I mean, this isn't a novel idea. It's it's definitely not a new concept. Uh, and I didn't even realize that these types of people existed till I got older. And then I started kind of reading the, the Bible in a new way because there was a gentleman named Paul who, who writes about this all the time. And, and then there's this mindset where people actually walk into grief. In other words, they seek out suffering. And I don't mean like they're masochistic in the sense that they want to inflict pain on themselves, like literal pain, because they like pain. It's just that they've learned that pain is the place of maximum growth. A perfect example of this is, is exercise. And I like to use this example because it's not something that's happening to you. It's something you volunteer into. When you exercise, you are literally inflicting pain on yourself. 
That's what exercise is. And it's breaking down your muscles. And then your muscles actually rebuild into stronger muscles depending on the amount of force you've applied to them. And then over time, you build strength by breaking down and recovering and breaking down and recovering. So this this, this tearing down of ourselves, this experiencing like a physical death, and then this resurrection process as part of our body's rebuilding itself, this is a, it's like a whole different way of, of life. When you take that concept and you, and you move it over to the emotional world, you know, most of us spend 99, this is myself included, we spend 99% of our time in pain avoidance. You know, we, we avoid pain. But in reality, the, the, the biggest growth, just like with physical exercise, the biggest growth we can experience is, is through this suffering. So if you're grieving right now, and no, you don't want to hear this platitude because I get it. Like the depth of pain you can experience are incomprehensible in some cases. But you are becoming a stronger person, even though you are maybe slipping into that depression for weeks and hating yourself and hating everything about yourself. You know, maybe you're slipping into the the denial and the anger and the bargaining over and over and over again. You're mad at yourself because you keep falling into it. And maybe you're finally back into acceptance, but you're not there for very long. You're falling back into everything. You are growing. You're becoming a stronger person. That's the same as, as when people go to the gym and they work out and they're in pain, you know, and they'd have a really strong workout. You are rebuilding. And the, the range of emotions you are experiencing is literally your brain rewiring itself to make it a stronger muscle. And whatever techniques you cultivate as you go through that pain, those are going to be the methods you use to cope with that pain in the future. So writing these things out, finding healthy outlets for our suffering is, is one of the best things we can try to do. None of us are going to do this perfectly, but it does help us cultivate the stronger character. You know, so that we can endure that suffering even better. And so this, the the gentleman I mentioned earlier, like David Goggins, for example, he's got the book called Can't Hurt Me. And it's not appropriate for kids at all, by the way. But the Can't Hurt Me book, him as a military guy, he uses a lot of strong language. It's about um, overcoming pain from a mental standpoint. He came from an abusive family and and David found a, a way of dealing with pain that was so incredibly constructive, you know. And he eventually moved on to be the Ultraman, which is one of the biggest physical accomplishments people can make. That's like the triple marathoner. And he also became a U.S. Navy SEAL, which is like the tip of the spear hardest, one of the hardest to obtain military positions, which you have to be able to endure a lot of pain to accomplish that. Uh, Jocko Willink is another one, and he wrote the Extreme Ownership books and the Dichotomy of Leadership books. Great books. Also a Navy SEAL, I believe. Wait, was he Navy SEAL? I know he was front lines. I can't believe I can't remember that. I'm actually going to look it up. Jocko, Navy SEAL. 
Um, yes. Yes. No, he was a Navy. Yes. Served in the Navy SEALs. I thought so. You know, these are tip of the spears, guys. And what's cool is you can literally listen to their books and they read them themselves. So just crawling into the heads of these people who have a completely different approach to life. Uh, I mean, obviously their approach isn't isn't perfect, but it's so counterculture. You know, like we don't, it's so hard to come across people who are of this mindset where suffering is a good thing. You know, it, it, the whole episode here is about grief and it's, it's like, oh no, my life's happening to me, poor me. And, and I've been through that and I know that side of it. You know, I, I definitely know it. And I still feel that when I'm experiencing grief, but it's good to know that there's people out there who have mastered suffering, you know, and, and these are great people to listen to when we are enduring something hard, a grief observed, um, listening to these guys who were in the military and, and you can just tell like they've got a different air about them. Life is, is not scary to them in a lot of ways because they know that whatever pain comes their way, they, they have enough experience to draw from, to know that the pain is not only a, not only will they get through it because they've already endured tons of pain, but they're actually kind of like excited about it in some ways. You know, they, they, they're like, okay, what am I learning? You know, what am I going to learn here? It's just a different mindset and something to consider. And I know you don't want to hear that if you're currently going through the suffering. It's like, oh, yay, I'm growing. It's like, well, I mean, you're learning to swim. And the more you practice, the better you're going to get at it. And so I genuinely believe life is a whole collection of deaths and resurrections. You know, we, we experience a loss of a job. That's a death. You know, we experience a loss of a relationship, that's a death. We experience a physical death of a friend, that's a death. And then we go through this really dark place every time we experience that death. And and hopefully we move toward that acceptance and we learn to swim better. You know, we we endure, we become stronger through it. And that's really all we can do because life is going to continue to happen. So we can't deny the fact that it is what it is. Suffering is. There's no sense in, in attempting to explain it away or hoping that it'll go away anytime soon. You know, we could go into the deep philosophical and existential discussion as to why suffering exists. But at the end of the day, imagine a world where everything's perfect all the time. I don't know if you're like me. You wouldn't be much of a person. All of the things that I've, all of the character that I've developed in my life has been through some form of suffering. Voluntary or otherwise. If life was perfect all the time and we didn't have any suffering, we would be useless creatures. Because we we would just avoid any time of remote, any type of remote suffering. And we wouldn't have any character. We wouldn't have any strength. If we have no resistance, it's like it's like going to exercise every day, wanting to become a strong person. And not doing any physical work. It's like going to the gym and standing there. And expecting after a month, week, year to be the strongest man at the gym. It's like, well, no. If we don't step into the suffering or the suffering doesn't happen to us, we'll never build that strength. It doesn't matter if we're standing in a gym or not. Or if we're only standing in the shallow end and it's one foot deep. And that's the amount of suffering we're willing to endure. We're never going to learn to swim. 
And then when life happens and we fall into the deep end and we never learn to swim, we can drown in our suffering. So it's really not good. We need a way of developing emotional and spiritual tools to be stronger people. And I hate to say it, but suffering is the only thing in life that gives us that. I can't think of anything else. And that's why the sages of old summed it up this way. No pain, no gain. (laughs) This has been the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Before you go, please consider like, sharing, and subscribing on all of the major social networks. That includes Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. That helps feed the algorithms to help the show grow. You can also subscribe anywhere podcasts are distributed. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. The website is fully active. So go to wisdomworthknowing.org and you can connect to me on the show. You can become a patron. You can also learn more and listen to more episodes. The show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now for this limited time offer at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org. Grief is like the ocean. It comes in waves, ebbing and flowing. Sometimes the water is calm. Sometimes it is overwhelming. All we can do is learn to swim. So let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today, because as always, that is all we can do. I will see you all tomorrow.